0: Hey, hey friends, welcome to the Lens of Faith podcast. Today I'm going to talk about and give you a greater understanding on generational curses. I also have my guest Mandy Marshall coming on in a little bit to share her testimony and how God set her free from a family curse of addiction. You know, last episode I talked about soul ties. I really feel the Holy Spirit is leading me to talk about these, you know, heavy hitter messages. Soul ties and generational curses. Unfortunately, they're not messages that you hear often. You know, Jesus Christ really wants us to live set free, free of any strongholds, free of any bondages from our past, our present, from our parents, from our family lines, from ungodly relationships. He really wants us to be set free of anything that weighs us down. You know, the enemy's goal is to keep us bound, but God died on that cross to set us free, friends. And once you really experience the joy and the peace that comes with freedom, you'll never be the same and you'll never look back. Generational curses might be something that you've never heard of. You don't even know what it means. But I'm telling you, friends, they are powerful and real and they affect lives every day. So you might be asking, what is a generational curse? Well, so the cursing of families develop when sin and immorality are modeled in a family the members of the family become conditioned to that behavior. It becomes a family stronghold. A stronghold is an unrighteous mindset that avoids the will of God and it promotes habits and behavior that dishonor God and destroy the body and the soul. So strongholds are mainly conditioned mindsets. Unfortunately, friends, you know, sin travels. It can travel from one generation to another. Maybe you come from a family of addicts. Or ones that always say they're broke, you know, they're poor, or abusive family line, you know, negative, like your dad's negative, your grandpa was negative, your great grandfather was negative, you know, things like that, or just chronic sickness. If you see often in your family line, you know, the pattern of people being accident prone, you know, suicide, unnatural death runs in your family, then there might be a generational curse such as a repeated pattern of infidelity or abuse, divorce, you know, even narcissism, mental illness that runs deep in your family that goes down the line are well-known examples of a curse, and there's many other examples. If you deal with repeated negative patterns in your life in your family's life, then there's a cause for that. Wherever there is a curse and a consistent pattern of negative results, then there is a cause. You might be asking, you know, how are family curses even developed? Well, I'll share with you an example. When a father participates in any ungodly behavior, he then makes it lawful for any spirits to become part of that family. You know, when we look back to the very first father of all of mankind, Adam, because of his disobedience and his sin... He then transferred that sin onto all of mankind. Most of us know, you know, the original sin of Adam and Eve eating from the forbidden tree of knowledge and disobeying God. It wasn't like, you know, just Adam got punished, Eve got punished. They're the ones that actually did it, right? Cain and Abel didn't do it. Nobody after Adam and Eve committed the sin, right? But because of their sin, every generation after him has dealt with sin. Adam and Eve, you know, they were born innocent without sin, pleasing God. But because of his behavior, he transferred generational curses to all of mankind. And it's still true today. The sins of our forefathers, our fathers, our grandfathers, our grandmothers, and down the line affect how we act and how we behave today. Romans 5.12 tells us, You know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in. First sin, then death, and no one is exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God and everything and everyone. But the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out. That sin disturbed relations with God and everything and everyone. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God, still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. So as with Adam, even now, when a father participates in any ungodly behavior, he makes it lawful for certain demonic spirits to become part of that family. He opens the door because the man is the gatekeeper. You know, he's the covering of his family. So this is just a word of wisdom to all my single ladies out there. You know, you have to stop thinking, you know, is a certain man good enough for you? It's your responsibility to find out what is he carrying from his lineage that would affect you and your future and your future children. It's much bigger than just, is he a good husband for you? Because whoever that man is that you choose, he has the thermostat of your children's children's future. So yeah, it's really deep. (laughs) It's much bigger than, you know, he's just a good husband for me. I like A, B, and C about him. He goes to church on Sundays. I mean, you really have to get to know what runs in his family and his mother's side of the family and what type of background he has, because whatever he carries is going to be passed down to your children and your children's children, because it's real. They will inherit a blessing or a curse from him. Some of the most evil things that we see in history is because there was either absent fathers or fathers that were alcoholics, abusive, and so on. I can share a little bit about this when it comes to like generations of fathers in my family. Um, On my mom's side, a lot of the men in her family were Masons. And you know, back in the 60s, you know, it was kind of common for a man to be a Mason. But there is a lot of demonic and satanic roots to masonry. You know, in public, they present themselves as just bricklayers. You know, they just build buildings. But the truth is, there's a very dark side to it. And a secret brotherhood where there's a lot of sacrificial things, a lot of secrets... They're not even allowed to tell their wives anything that really goes on. I mean, there's a book that they live by. It's just kind of crazy. And my great-grandfather was a high and exalted Mason. In fact, he died behind the pulpit giving a speech to other Masons. But I really got a good taste of how demonic this organization is When I was younger and I actually worked for the Masonic Retirement Home, you know, you had to go through like five gates of security just to get to the building that was up on a giant hill. I mean, just looking at it from the street. I mean, it's so creepy. It looks so gothic, like a haunted house up there. I remember on my very first day of work walking in and it was just really dark. You know, there's a receptionist at the desk, but it was really dark. And there was their symbol, that giant ruler with a G. And all I did was ask her like, oh, what does the G stand for? You know, just out of curiosity. And she just would not even answer me. As I was waiting in the lobby for them to come and get me, I would just see all these creepy relics and statues and artifacts secured behind the glass And just being in there, you know, I could just feel the presence of darkness, just being in there. And that job did not last long, but I remember telling my coworkers at the time, like, you know, I come from this line of masons and this was my great grandfather's name. They really favored me at the job after that, just because of who he was. But I, could, I just could not work there. I mean, it was just really creepy. I mean, nobody ever wanted to talk about the history of the Masons. No one really wanted to talk about what it was. But in public, sometimes they come across like they're Christians. You know, they're doing good works. They're putting on fundraisers for the community. But it's all a front, just like in the Mafia. In order to become initiated in the mafia, you know what they do? They actually burn a picture of a Catholic saint in your hand, and then they tell you that you're born again. I'm telling you, the enemy is a deceiver, you know? He wants to come across as good when he's really evil. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy, as the Bible tells us. So organizations like Masons, you know, the mafia, gangs, even fraternities have deep roots, There's a history of men, you know, joining these brotherhoods and making packs and creating soul ties and therefore creating a generational curse. So even if you're not part of it and you've, you've had nothing to do with these organizations, it's still in your family line and it needs to be broken. And this is even going to the next level, but even like, you know, most of our forefathers or, you know, the men in our family at some point have participated in war where there was a lot of killing, a lot of death, even those things from our family line need to be broken. So I remember when I started to learn about, you know, things from your bloodline and breaking things off. And when I really found out about all this, I broke off all these generational curses when it came to anything related to Freemasons, because I just don't want any part of it. I don't want anything that's maybe attached to me from my forefathers. So I encourage you to kind of look into your family history. Look into, you know, your lineage, your family tree. It's really eye-opening to see, and it can point you in the direction to breaking off these curses. When a curse resides in a family for generations without being addressed, it becomes what they think is normal. Jail, normal. Poverty, normal. Sickness, normal. Profanity, normal. Sexual perversion is normal. Normal. It's all that they've seen. It's all that's been modeled to them for generations. You have to really stop making excuses for your family, like, you know, this is just how it is, treating it like it's no big deal. You know, we have to call it out, call it for what it is, and repent. And even though Adam is the one that really got us into this, he also points ahead to the one that will get us out of it. Jesus came to set every captive free, and let me tell you, friends, there is hope. If you come from a crazy, you know, family history and there's repetitive, destructive patterns in your family, stop claiming that, you know, this just runs in my family as if, you know, there's just no way out and it's just how it is and how it's going to be for you. You know, there are choices you can make. You have the authority to break off generational curses in Jesus' name. You know, if you don't come from a healthy family, then make sure that a healthy family comes from you. You can be the one to start off right. You can start a new line, a line full of generational blessing. Galatians 3.13 tells us, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself on that cross. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse. And at the same time, he dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and it's available. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. You see, friends, Jesus was made the curse on that cross so that we would live free. He paid that great price so that we would be delivered and redeemed. So just like generational curses are real, so is freedom through Christ. I have Mandy here today and she's going to share her testimony and how generational curses impacted her life. I just met Mandy recently at a women's conference where she came up to share her testimony of addiction and God setting her free and as she was on that stage sharing, you know, the last thing she said was, and I'm free of every generational curse. And, I, and my spirit just leapt. I'm like, I need to have her share her story on the show. So here we are. <laughs> hey, Mandy, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So good to have you on today. Oh, thank you. So, you know, today we're going to be talking about generational curses. So share with us your testimony and how generational curses impacted your life.
1: Okay. My whole family, you know, they're all drug addicts. So I came from a line of drug addicts, you know, my dad, my dad's uh, sisters, uh, brothers, my grandfather, my grandfather, on my mom's side, cousins, all my cousins, you know, so it's like my whole family is surrounded by drug addicts, you know, and I'm um, alcoholics as well. Growing up, my dad always used drugs or alcohol, had his friends over, you know, it became common, um, at the age of, well, my mom and dad, they got separated. You know, I I felt my whole life being rejected and abandoned by him. You know, I had a lot of brothers and sisters, you know, it was always a fight for attention that I didn't get. Um, I went about my whole life feeling alone, broken, not loved, not good enough. And, um, he just, for some reason he would just say the worst things to me. It's like, he picked me to pick on all the time and that sucked a lot. You know, um, So that was my whole life, uh, around 11 or 12, I got back into his life. And about that time, I think it was 11, maybe almost 12. He had, uh, his girlfriend had convinced him that it was okay for me to smoke crack with them. What? You would think that he would say no, but you know, so that's when I hit the crack pipe for the first time. Then it went from that to where he was giving me pills and heroin, cocaine, And it was like this secret life that I lived over there. And I thought it was so cool. You know, it wasn't, I thought like my dad was cool. And I thought that it was like the relationship that I wanted, you know, it wasn't the best relationship, but it was something I've always searched for something with him. And I felt like finally he wanted something to do with me that, you know, I felt chosen for once, you know, my whole time growing up with him, he always picked on me and pushed me aside wanted nothing to do with me. So that was that relationship. I took that and you know it ran with it. I thought that was love. It was so distorted. I thought, you know, I looked for that in other men that abused me and used drugs. And my whole life was just around drugs. Um, I took that with me, that curse, and that, um I ended up having a son. I thought this was the answer to everything somebody would love me, uh would never leave me and I would never do to him what was done to me. You know like that was my thing I was going to stand on. And I abandoned him eventually. I got on drugs so bad. I wasn't able to be his mom. I felt like I didn't deserve him. Um I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I ended up in jail. And I was there for a while. I got out, burned all my bridges at home. I done lied and, you know, manipulated myself out in so many situations that nobody wanted anything to do with me. Um, my relationship with my dad, he's never been a dad. He was more like a friend. So it wasn't like I can call him for anything. And uh, I was just getting high. using my last money. Uh, someone told me about the mercy house and I called them and then I came here and, You know, being here, I was reading books. You know, I've heard about generational curses and stuff, but got real into it. And I realized that's something that's been passed down from my family over and over and over again. And I don't want that on my son. I don't want that on him. So I know God through him, like that's gone. It's broken. My son won't suffer like I did.
0: Praise Jesus, Mandy. You know, that's just awesome how God is doing a new thing in your life, breaking off all bondages, all strongholds, all curses, addictions you were mentioning how addiction is really strong in your family. Would you say it's more on your dad's side or your mom's side or both? It's on both sides. Um, My mom's side, it's more of like the men's side on
1: my mom's side. My mom, she wasn't. And she's like, she's the kind of person where she's just like, no, she didn't touch anything. I mean, she did with my dad. So I guess there's that, but... All my cousins, female and males, on my mom's side are too. So it's like everywhere you look, there's a drug addict, an alcoholic, everywhere. And it's so normalized. Like,
0: it's crazy. Right. The enemy will deceive you into thinking that this is just how your family is. You know, this is just who we are. He wants to convince you that, you know, it's just your normal and it's fine because everybody else is doing it in your family. He plants those lies because he doesn't want you to break free. Yeah. How were you able to actually recognize that you had generational curses that you needed to break free of? I mean, it's not something that you hear about a lot, even though you don't have to be a Christian to know about generational curses. Actually, you can do a Google search right now, and there's a lot of secular articles about breaking off generational curses. So, So, this topic is taught in the world and in the church. But how did you come to find out about it?
1: I like, my pastor from home, you know, because I was in and out of church. Uh, they kind of had said something. It was a small little Pentecostal church. like, And uh, my family, like, I have pastors in my family as well, which is crazy, but I do. Um, they have a small church where I'm from. And uh, they had told me about it because I went there one time when I was at the end of my rope and, you know. And I was going to actually go get drugs, but something stopped me and I ended up going inside this church and the door was open. And I guess it was Monday prayer night and I just was bawling and they were telling me about generational curses.
0: <laughs> Leave it to the Pentecostals. <laughs> we'll be talking about soul ties, generational curses. You know, we just don't play with the enemy. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> It's so real though. You don't hear about it that much, but it is very real. And once I started learning more about it, it made a lot of sense. You know, it's pretty crazy and it's pretty intense when you start praying, you know, it can kind of get like my mom's very controlling for men and stuff like controlling men. I know I got that from her too, but you know, I've been praying to break that as well.
0: Yeah. It's a journey. It's a process. Yeah. Well, generational curse, it
1: also was in me leaving my son, abandoning him and not being a mother, you know, even though it was my dad that did it to us, you know, and his dad wasn't around to father them and he was around, but he wasn't a father. He was out doing his own thing as well, you know, and then my mom's dad was like that as well. When he was home, he was very much, you know, abusive and just nasty with words. You know, I was the same way, you know, my mom's not very loving with open arms. I mean, she's a working person. And I think I got that too. You know, I'm not very huggy, kissy, <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, cause I was never given that, you know? So I'm not very affectionate. I'm trying to break that too, because I want to be affectionate.
0: Oh, I wish I can jump through this screen and give you a big hug right now. <laughs> <laughs> But God will really heal that in you. You know, he will make you that affectionate person. The more that you press in and surrender to him and he transforms you, you know, when you come from a long line of abuse and addiction and things like that and rejection, there's residue that comes with that. Those destructive patterns that are passed down to us from our family members can really impact our life in a negative way. But the good news is, friends that they don't have the final say, and they can and should be broken. And there is a way to be set free from things from your lineage, from your families, from relationships, where you feel stuck, you feel like this is just the way it is, that is a lie from the enemy. In order to break these ties, it takes more than just saying the salvation prayer or not repeating the behavior. You know, for example, alcoholism runs in your family, but you don't even drink. So you just think, oh, the curse is not passed down to me. But the truth is, it can skip a generation and be attached to your own children. For example, in my family, both of my grandfathers were drunks. You know, they were alcoholics. But both of my parents got radically saved when they were like 19 years old, and they wanted nothing to do with alcohol. Matter of fact, you know, growing up, my parents never had alcohol in the house. They'd even drink coffee. You know, they just didn't want any form of addiction. (laughs) But I love coffee. Anyways... (laughs) I remember going to weddings with my parents. They wouldn't even sip from the champagne glasses after the toast, you know. But even though we were raised in a strict home with no addiction, my brother ended up becoming an addict. Up until recently when he got radically saved and he broke off these generational curses off his own life. Of course, we can't blame our parents for the choices that we make, but family issues do impact us. But my parents didn't know anything about generational curses and how to break them off when they were younger. But you can't live in fear of your future. There is a way to break off these strongholds from your family and to keep these destructive patterns from being repeated. The good news is, friends, that Jesus came to break off every curse, as I was saying earlier. But we also have to partner with Jesus. You know, we also have to put in the work. Not only are there necessary steps that you need to take, but it's also a lifestyle change, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you, staying humble, allowing him to show you what needs to be broken and surrendering to him on the daily basis. So along with the power of the blood of Jesus on that cross, partnered with our daily surrender is key. The first step to breaking off a generational curses is there has to be a generation that stands up, that rises and repents. When Israel turned from idols to serve the living God again, the curse was broken and God saved them. So repentance is the key to breaking generational curses. And then not only repentance, but salvation through Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about, you know, just religion that has no power. I'm talking about a real, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Because empty religion will not have the power to break off generational curses. You know, when the Bible says that we become a new creation, when we surrender our lives to Him, then that should be evident. So in order to break generational curses... There needs to be repentance of the sin, salvation, authentic relationship with Jesus, and to live a life that's consecrated to the Lord. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us, you know, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For you, Mandy, you know, what were the steps that you took to break off these curses in your own life? I prayed the prayer
1: a lot. I was fasting. I'd be sitting there with the anointing oil doing my head. I would do my feet, my hands, my eyes, my ears, my mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your socks, your pants.
1: <laughs> I would do the like the door, the windows, the beds, <laughs> everything. I did a lot of fasting. Like I fasted a lot. Like that helped so much. Like I really like this last time when I fasted, we did the Daniels fast. And it was just like, it was so powerful. And I really, cause you know, I fasted, unless you fast and pray and really seek God and like be in your word, then it's not really going to do anything. So I did that a lot and was just like pleading to him, like, Lord, just, you know, help me like fix me, you know, um, set me free. You know, and like, I really started feeling things break off. I started feeling healing come. I started really feeling like, you know, that was my confirmation that, you know, that's broken and, you know, little by little for this past year, chains have been coming off. But now it's like, I'm like, (laughs) thank God, Jesus. Like, you're amazing. Like, I can literally look and
0: just be like, thank you so much. You know, it's amazing. Amen. The good old Daniel fast. (laughs) If you like it, you can't have it. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Nothing has any seasoning or anything, but it was worth it. We did it for uh, a week. What's the confidence that you have that you are like set free and generational curses are broken. They're never coming back. Well, for one, I know
1: it's good because the word of your testimony and I said it in front of everybody. I'm like, it's gone. I'm good, you know. And I really do trust God in that. I just have this feeling where he's just telling my soul, like, it's good. It's gone. You know, and the enemy might come and whisper things like this and that, you know, these lies. And it's just like, I just got to stand strong on God's promises. He never failed then. Why would he fail now? I don't think I'm going to be the first person that he ever failed, you know? Amen. You know, it's as much as the enemy might tell me, I know that God's got me and he's got big purposes for me and plans and you know, I'm going to stay strong. And I just, I know that by Jesus dying, like I'm free from generational curses and I claim that. So I know.
0: Yes, he does have great plans for you. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> and yeah, that's why it's so important to stain your word every day, to captivate your thoughts, to resist temptation. Yeah. Because the enemy's always on the prowl and he'll try to lie to us, but you know, we really have to know who we are in Christ. Yeah, that's true though. It's very true. You know, I pray God all the time to show
1: me like, you know, the enemy and like when I, so I can know. And, you know, since I've been like changing my life and walking with the Lord, like really walking with him and like seeking just him, just being desperate for him. Like I can feel when it, when it's the enemy, I'm like, oh, uh, -uh."
0: like, no, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I can see it a lot more, but sometimes it is sneaky. The enemy tried to take you out, but he didn't win girl, you know? Jesus set the captive free. Amen. Thank God (laughs) he did. It feels amazing. What would you say are some ways that you keep yourself from slipping, you know, to stay focused on God, draw close to him, and to stay guarded? But fasting definitely and being in your word and praying
1: with a sincere heart and reading your word because he really will. Listen, he listens to everything you say, whether you think he's not or he knows your heart. And when you're crying out to him, he listens. And you may not hear him right away, but you will and he will do what he says he's going to do,
0: you know? Oh, that's a fact. He is the God of his word. There's a lot of people that just don't know how powerful the spiritual realm really is, you know, good and bad. And of course, you know, the enemy is not on the same level as God and his power. But we have to know that this is a spiritual fight. It is a battle. Like, I like what you said about when you wanted to be set free and break off generational curses, you know, you brought out the anointing oil and you started anointing everything, right? Yeah. Because spirits, whether good or bad, can be transferred and attached to not just people, but things and items. Yeah.
1: I anointed um, a hoodie and gave it to my brother because, you know, he's suffering addiction, you know, and I didn't tell him, but he's wearing it. So I'm like praying all the time, like, Lord, break that off of him, break it off of him.
0: You're like, if you only knew what I put on that hoodie. (laughs) Right? (laughs)
1: Because he wears it all the time. He's like, I love this sweatshirt. I'm like, I bet you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of peace, and you don't even know it. That's why you're so happy when you wear that sweatshirt. It's God hugging you. (laughs) Yeah. And just like there's, you know, a good spirit that we can pray over things and we can anoint things, right? There also can be demonic spirits attached to things like, you know, sexual spirits, curses. Yeah. They could be attached to clothing, articles, jewelry. Yeah. Your hoodie story just reminded me of something that just happened to my brother my brother actually just had a radical transformation, a Saul to Paul encounter, you know, got radically saved, walked away from a crazy lifestyle of sin. And he was just on my podcast sharing his testimony for the first time. And it's powerful. Well, he just called me recently just last week. And he was telling me that God told him to get rid of all of his clothes. I mean, all of them. He had like $3,000 worth of clothes, like name brands, He even had really expensive brand-new shoes, brand-new Jordans, and God told him to get rid of all of it. And he was like, what, God? Like, why? Like, why do I have to get rid of all my clothes, you know? And God told him, because those are the same clothes that you wore when you were living in the world, being promiscuous and living in rebellion. And those clothes have spirits attached to them, and they're in your house right now. You need to get rid of them. Oh, my God.
1: That's powerful.
0: I was like, wow. (laughs) I mean, I knew that spirits attach itself to things, but that was like, wow, next level. Like I was like, what? (laughs) He got rid of it, right? Oh yeah. He doesn't play. He got rid of everything.
1: (laughs) It's so crazy how deep it is. I used to shoplift all the time, like all the time. like I couldn't stop shoplifting. And when I started seeking God too, like, you know, I came here with a lot of makeup, but I started realizing that, you know, God was speaking to me that the stuff I stole that I was using, there was like things attached to that. And I need to get rid of it. And that sucked because it was makeup. I liked and being here, you know, I don't get to really get makeup that much. And I'm, I had to get rid of like so many of it. I was like, ah,
0: but I did it. Wow. I'm telling you, God is all about our freedom. He wants to go deep and get rid of everything in our lives that are hindering us from being who he's called us to be, from living free, mentally, emotionally, spiritually set free, and to have every form of bondage, every stronghold broken off of our lives and our family's lives. We have to be aware of things, people, music, movies, the enemy is getting bolder and bolder, and the world is getting darker and darker. You know, now there's shows that would have never been around like five, ten years ago, like a show called Lucifer, you know, just blatant things like that. Hollywood wants to deceive people into thinking that Satan, Lucifer, the things of the dark realm, are innocent and playful and handsome, and there's no real harm in it, but it's a lie. I'm telling you, girl, there are spirits and curses attached to things, Even when you travel, if you go to these third world countries, you know, a lot of times like Africa, the Caribbean, you know, they're known for their witchcraft. They're known for cursing things and voodoo dolls and things like that. So you have to be careful what you purchase as a souvenir and bring into your safe space into your home because it might seem far-fetched, but it's true. Those things can affect your environment and your life. You might think, oh, she's over-spiritualizing things, you know, it's not that deep, but the enemy wants us to think that. He wants us to think, you know, there's not really attachments to things, but there is. I remember one time in my 20s, you know, I was going to a store in California that I went to often. It's called World Market, and this store is known for going, you know, all over the world, And purchasing unique artifacts and, you know, sometimes idols, really, because there were Buddha heads and things like that in the store that people like to, you know, decorate their shops, decorate their homes with all these unique artifacts. So I thought the store was cool because, you know, there was things that you can't buy here in the States. You know, they all came from different countries. Even, you know, I even bought jewelry in the past that, you know, was made in Africa. And, you know, I just thought, you know, these things are cool. You know, they're different. But I'll never forget this one day that I walked into the world market, just a normal day. I'm just walking into the store. And as I walked in, as soon as I stepped into the store, no joke, the Holy Spirit told me, leave the store now. And in that moment, I immediately turned around and walked out of the store. And I remember sitting in my car thinking, why couldn't I shop there? You know, what's going on? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was, He was revealing to me that whatever the shipment was in that store at that time, whatever they brought in from these other countries, there was something attached to those items and God did not want me in that store. And I was just like, wow, this is deep. Because I'm telling you, I've been to the store before and I felt fine. Thank God you walked away. (laughs) That's crazy. So it's really important that we have discernment every day, you know, that we allow the Holy Spirit to direct us because you never know when He's trying to protect us from something that we're unaware of. So I encourage you friends to have some quiet time with God and ask Him, you know, is there anything from my life, my past, my family's lives, you know, that I need to break off so I can be set free from generational curses or anything that is keeping me bound, anything that is keeping me stuck. And I guarantee you that God will start to reveal things that he wants you to get rid of and have nothing to do with, to cut ties with. He will show you those things. Just like physical attributes are transferred to children, you know, when you have kids, so are the spiritual aspects. They are also transferred to children. And this is why those generational curses need to be broken. And they will be broken when you make a decision. You don't have to sit back and accept yesterday's sins, mistakes, and evils. We can correct it now. I'm going to include a full repentance prayer on my blog at leahmariecarson.com. And I encourage you to repent and declare it over you and your family to break off the habits and the sins that run in your family. You might need to walk away from some toxic people, which might be part of the process, but God wants you whole, healed, and delivered. There is hope. There is a turnaround. You know, these curses don't have the last say. You can be the start of a new lineage, a new generation in your family, a generation that is blessed and not cursed, a righteous and godly generation. There's powerful prayers related to breaking off generational curses, you know, where you can call out specific ones and break them off. And I actually did this on my last episode about soul ties. I included a powerful soul tie breaking prayer. Did you also do that?
1: I did that one too. That one, when I was praying it, I literally felt like someone stabbed me in my side. I was like, man, that was deep and that hurt. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like praying it and it literally felt like I was like stabbed in my side. Like
0: right here, it was just like, man, that must've been deep. Wow. I'm telling you, these ungodly attachments, these deep roots, they're no joke. Yeah. So many people are just naive, you know, they have no knowledge of soul ties and generational curses. And that's why I work on these messages, you know, to help set people free. Mandy, it's been amazing having you on today, sharing your testimony and giving us further insight on what generational curses look like. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Well, I really believe that God is going to use you to bring deliverance to your family. You're a bright light and you're living proof that there's freedom and joy and peace in Christ. Amen. (laughs) Would you close us out by praying over everyone today in regards to breaking off generational curses?
1: Father God, we just come to you right now, Lord. We just ask you to fill us up with your spirit. Lord, I just want you to get the glory for all that you've done in my life, Lord, destroying um, all the chains that were on me for getting rid of all the strongholds, God, and just letting me experience freedom, like real freedom with you, Lord. I ask that anyone else that is listening to this, Lord, can experience that freedom, God. As you just break any generational curse, any curse spoken on their life, any negative words spoken on them, God, any negative words that they may have spoke on themselves, Lord. I ask you just, um, sever that right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I ask that any soul ties that may be connected to anybody or any, um, Anything linger on them, that is not of you, Lord. Any unclean spirit, Lord, I ask you just ask it to flee right now. Send Holy Spirit, fire 10,000 times hotter than hell all over every person listening to this right now, Lord. As you just come and you just uh, take any spirit of addiction, any spirit of perversion, any spirit of pornography, any spirit of hate, any spirit of unforgiveness, any spirit of regret, Lord, any spirit of guilt or shame, any condemnation spirit, it has to go. It is not welcome here. It has to leave. Anything that has uh, no legal rights to be here has to leave, Lord. We ask that you just get all the glory, God, and you just come into everyone's life, Lord, open their eyes and their hearts and their minds, just receive you in every way possible, Lord. We ask you just give them a heart to follow you, Lord, and to seek you and all that they do, God, and give you all the glory for all the wonderful things you're doing, the things that they see, the things they don't see, Lord. I ask you to just give them eyes and a heart to just follow you and see you and everyone else in their life, God. Just so want to thank you for freedom. I want to thank you for just finding us worthy and finding us lovable when we didn't feel like we were lovable, God. I want to thank you for just seeing the beauty through the ashes, God. I ask you just help us just to edify each other and lift each other up throughout of all of our days, Lord. Um, Help us not to speak ill to anyone else, Lord. Help us just to love like you loved, God. I ask any strongholds that may be lingering, God. I ask it just be destroyed right now in Jesus' name, Lord. I ask you may reveal to us anything we need to forgive anybody for, any unforgiveness that we're holding on to. Lord, help us to forgive ourselves, God, because I know that's one of the hardest things to do, God. Help us to just forgive ourselves for the things that we may have done, God. Help us to seek you more than anything else in this world, Lord, to put you first and all else will follow. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Yes, and amen. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith and be sure to subscribe to the Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google. Remember friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.